brought to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jade Sports Dude. And if you are listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode eight of our season-long journey. So if you're a returning listener, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, well, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? Guys, we have a lot to talk about today. So sit back and relax because I got you. I'm coming to you from a place I like to call the saloon. So bartender, what do we have on tap for today? On tap today is an update on New Mexico State's quarantine, recruiting targets, and week two whack predictions. Alrighty, thank you, bartender. Let's jump into it with segment number one, which is an update on New Mexico State's quarantine. The team paused all basketball activities last Monday after receiving its third positive test of the regular season. And the big question is, when will we get to see the Aggies return to the court? Well, that's still being worked on as we speak. New Mexico State head coach Chris Sands said in his weekly press conference on Monday that the team continues to follow NCAA protocol by testing at least three times per week, and it has no timeline for its return just yet. He did, however, talk a little bit about the Aggies' plans, or hopes, I should say, once they do get back onto the court. Jan said the team hopes to play one or two games before it begins WAC play on January 22nd and 23rd with a two-game home series against UTRGV. Now, that does give New Mexico State a pretty tight window, seeing as it's already January 13th, if you are listening to this, on the day this episode is released. And I would imagine that'd mean a pair of contests against the same team, probably in back-to-back days. It just makes sense for a number of reasons. For starters, you don't have a whole lot of time to space the games out, so putting them close together is ideal. And if they are close together, they probably have to be against the same opponent, so that way you don't have to scout two teams in a short period of time. The biggest pro to all of this, of course, though, is that a two-game series would be New Mexico State's best chance to get a feel for whack play. That's the format for all of its conference games this season, so it'd be good to get some sort of a prep course, if you will, for the road ahead. Now, who that opponent could be is unknown if it were to happen. New Mexico State hasn't had a whole lot of success when it comes to traveling so far this season, as we have seen, but Janta said multiple times this year that the team is willing to hit the road in pursuit of some games. One thing is for sure though, the Aggies need to get as much competition under their belt as they can before starting whack play because they're clearly not ready to make a dominant run, similar to what we saw last season. Again, that's understandable considering the injuries and what the team is having to go through off the court. Now, if you want to see that full press conference from head coach Chris Jans, you can do so on our YouTube channel. I post it every single Monday, so make sure to keep an eye out for that. I will, of course, keep you guys updated on any developments as well. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at JayTheSportsDude and keep an eye out for any articles on LCSunnews.com. But for now, let's move on with the show. Alrighty, so that buzzer means it's time for segment number two, which are recruiting targets for New Mexico State. That's right, folks. The Aggies have been dealing with a lot this season, but that hasn't stopped Jans and his staff from looking ahead to the future of the program. In the past two months, the team has secured two commitments and extended another three scholarship offers to various young prospects across the country. And I'm going to talk about what each one of them could potentially bring to the table for New Mexico State. 
Our first guy on the list is Karan Oliver. The 6'4 guard is a Chicago native, but he currently plays for the Phoenix Prep Fire in Arizona. Oliver is a 2021 commit, and he chose to join the Aggies on November 10th of last year. He's a guy who's really a freak athlete, someone who can just glide through the air, and he uses that to his advantage on both ends of the floor, whether it be high-flying dunks or swooping in for an emphatic block. Oliver definitely provides a shot of adrenaline for his team, and he's someone who can really stuff the stat sheet as well. I'm talking points rebounds, steals, assists, you name it, he does it. And in terms of his fit on New Mexico State, I think it's a good one. He definitely has that athleticism that we're seeing in recent transfers such as Donnie Tillman, Marcus Watson, and CJ Roberts. But the biggest thing that he has going for him is that he can provide more defense in the backcourt. That's something the Aggies don't have a whole lot of outside of Jabari Rice right now. And while I don't see Oliver immediately carving out a large role, because one, Jans doesn't intend to throw the freshman into the fire like that, but also just because the backcourt is still going to be crowded next season, I do think he has the potential to be a key contributor in a few years. Now, our second guy on the list committed to New Mexico State on November 12th, just two days after Oliver, and he's actually the only one who isn't a high school prospect. That would be Ashawn White. The six foot seven forward is a sophomore at Polk State College right now, which is a JUCO squad. And even though the team hasn't played a game yet this season, White did look good at Chippewa College last season. He averaged 11.1 points and 5.8 rebounds in only 12.3 minutes per contest as a freshman. The guy really made the most of his PT, and he just flat out dominated when the ball was in his hands. White shot 64.4% from the floor, and all but two of his 163 shot attempts came from inside the arc. Now, the former three-star recruit is a prototypical rim rocker, someone who uses his combination of strength and athleticism to get to the rack with ease and finish. He just looks like a grown man playing among boys when he's on the court. But in terms of his fit with New Mexico State, I do think he has to improve his shooting if he wants to carve out a considerable role. Even if it's just a mid-range jumper, his game is just a little too predictable right now, and he doesn't have the size to impose his will as effectively at the Division I level compared to what he's doing at the JUCO level right now. Now, Jans really likes versatility when it comes to his forwards. Take Johnny McCants, Tillman, or Wilfred Lakai, for example. So we'll see how much White can expand his game once he arrives next season. So those are two commits for next year's squad, but there are three other guys in the class of 2023 who have already received offers from New Mexico State. Like I said, Jans and his staff have been busy. The first prospect is Chris Johnson, a six foot six guard at Fort Bend Elkins High School in Missouri City, Texas. The sophomore obviously has great size at his position, and that makes him a tough matchup on both ends of the floor. He's a three-level scorer who handles the ball pretty well, and he uses his length to contest shots and even swats him away. Johnson is already a well-rounded player, and he has plenty of time to polish his game even more before making the move to college ball. The Texan received an offer from New Mexico State on January 5th, and he also has offers from TCU, Creighton, and others. Our second prospect is Kendrick DeLuna, a 6'9 center at Cornerstone Christian High School in San Antonio, Texas, which just so happens to be where I call home, so I'll try to keep my bias out of here. DeLuna is a defensive-minded big man, someone who excels at shot blocking, but he can also put the ball through the hoop himself with his soft touch around the rim. Even though he needs to extend his range and add a bit more muscle, he still has plenty of time to address that before making the move to college ball. DeLuna received an offer from New Mexico State on January 5th, same day as Johnson, and he also has offers from Oklahoma State, Illinois, and others. Now, last but not least is really the holy grail on this list, if you will, and that's K.J. Lewis. 
The 6'3 guard is a sophomore at Chapin High School in El Paso, Texas, not far from here, and he's ranked number 21 in ESPN's class of 2023. Lewis really does it all on the court. He's explosive around the rim. He can facilitate, and he has an impressive wingspan that allows him to cause problems defensively. And on top of all of that, he just has a smooth game. This is someone with a high basketball IQ, and he makes the game look easy when he's on the court. Lewis received an offer from New Mexico State on Tuesday, and he also has offers from Arizona State, Texas A&M, UTEP, and others. So that is a look at some future commits and potential prospects for the Aggies. Like I said, the team is going through a lot this season, but it's good to know that there are some positives to look forward to in the future. So with that being said, let's move on with the show. Alrighty, folks, so that buzzer means it's time for our third and final segment of the day which are my whack predictions. This is something I'm going to be doing every week for the rest of conference play. I went 3-1 last week because I predicted Grand Canyon to win both games against Tarleton State, which it did. However, I also predicted a split between Utah Valley and Cal Baptist, and the Wolverines actually won both of those games. Now let's take a look at our three matchups for this weekend. The first two-game series is Tarleton State at Cal Baptist on Friday and Saturday. The Texans are 0-2 in whack play after losing both road games against Grand Canyon last week by scores of 75-72. to and 59 to 48. Montre Gibson is still the star of the show for the WAC newcomers. He went off for a career-high 30 points in the first game against the Lopes, although he followed that up with a 9-point performance on Saturday, and the offense really lives and dies with him. Gibson isn't a strong enough facilitator to get the ball to someone else when he isn't feeling it, and that results in some really low-scoring outings for Tarleton State, as we saw last week. Then there's Cal Baptist. The Lances are also 0-2 in WAC play after losing both road games against Utah Valley last week by scores of 77-50, to and 81 to 77. But one bright spot was Gorjak Gak. The 6'11 grad transfer averaged 13 points and 8 rebounds in the two contests, and he's really going to be the X factor in this series against the Texans. He's going to have a huge height advantage against guys such as 6'7 center Konstantin Dotsenko, so really look for him to enforce his will down low. I get the Tarleton State prides itself in its defense, but I think the Lances are going to bounce back from last week and get the sweep. Our next matchup is Dixie State at UTRGV on Friday and Saturday. This is the whack opener for both squads. The Trailblazers are 4-2 as I'm recording this episode Wednesday morning. However, they do have a home game against New Mexico tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. The team is led by Cameron Gooden, a 5'11 junior who's averaging a team-high 13.5 points per contest on 39.7% shooting from the floor and 42.9% shooting from deep. That's right, he actually shoots better from behind the arc and from inside the arc, that's really where he makes his living. And one teammate who compliments him really well is Jacob Nichols. The 6'5 forward is averaging 13 points and a team-high 6.8 rebounds per contest while shooting 58.9% from two-point range. And then there's UTRGV. The Vaqueros are 6-3 so far this season, and they're led by Sean Ray. The 6'8 redshirt junior has broken out this year and is averaging a team-high 15.6 points plus 6.3 rebounds per contest. He's a strong rim runner, and he really has held down the fort while the Vaqueros continue to get to full strength. Two-time WAC Defense Player of the Year winner Javon Levi has missed some time due to an injury, and Jeff Ochiri, who just so happens to have a Depoy Award of his own during his time at Stony Brook, barely made his UTRGV debut last Thursday. The deciding factor in this two-game series is going to be the Vaqueros' ability to pound the rock down low. Opponents are shooting 58.9% from inside the arc against Dixie State, which ranks 335th in the entire country. I think Ray and O'Cherry will have a field day, and I have UTRGV getting the clean sweep. But now it's time for our series of the week, which is Utah Valley at Seattle on Friday and Saturday. The Wolverines are 2-0 on whack play, following an impressive pair of wins against Cal Baptist, and the main difference maker continues to be Fardaw's AMAC. 
6 foot 11 redshirt sophomore averaged 17.5 points and 15 rebounds per game against the Lancers, and he did so by playing bully ball down low and getting to the free throw line at will. Cal Baptist really had no answer for him, and now the question is whether or not Seattle does. This is the whack opener for the Redhawks, who are 7 and 5 on the season, and they're led by Riley Grigsby. The 6 foot 6 junior forward is averaging a whack best 18.6 points per game while shooting 42.4% from deep, and he's looking like the best two-way player in the conference. He's also joined by Darian Trammell, a 5'10 sophomore who's averaging 17.5 points per game. That actually ranks second in the whack, so this is a pretty lethal duo that Seattle has on its hands here. But the problem, which really was the big issue for the team last season as well, is the team's depth down low. The Redhawks don't have that imposing big man who can match up with the likes of AMAC, and that's really going to hurt them this weekend. Still, this is a team that does a good job of limiting second-chance opportunities for its opponents, and that one-two punch of Grigsby and Trammell is as good as it gets in the whack. I think we're over some pretty good basketball on Friday and Saturday, so I have these teams splitting their two-game series. But that is going to do it for episode 8 of Straight Shooter. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, share it with the rest of Aggie Nation, and consider subscribing or following, depending on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you guys want to stay up to date with all things Aggie Hoops, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JTheSportsDude and subscribe to the Las Cruces Sun News. This has been Justin Martinez, a.k.a. JTheSportsDude, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday. I'm out.